Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and in today's episode we're digging into a bit more about companion planting and learning how to use a popular technique within companion planting which is trap crops. These are crops that are more attractive to pests and they help steer pests away from your other veggies growing in the garden. There's lots of different trap cropping techniques that are used in organic and sustainable farming practices but there's also a bunch that you can use in your home garden too so let's dig in and learn a little bit more now trap crops are typically used within an integrated pest management system and they're used along with growing beneficial plants that help provide food and shelter to predatory insects so they're a little piece of a bigger puzzle that is integrated pest management and of course you can use the alongside with other things that you are doing in the garden to have that full circle holistic sustainable homestead garden so let's talk a little bit more about trap cropping so traditional trap cropping is basically planting a crop that is more attractive to pests nearby um, you usually would plant these close to your vulnerable veggies right so for example a popular one is protecting your cabbages from diamondback moths by growing collards nearby so it's a great way to lure those moths over to the collards rather than them attacking your cabbages um, another one is to lure away cabbage white butterflies from laying eggs on your cabbages by growing nasturtiums nasturtiums are also really good at aphid control as well so there's lots of things that nasturtiums do um, but having a trap crop is basically one that you're going to be growing nearby your other plants and the pests are going to be visiting that trap crop rather than your actual veggies that you're wanting to then harvest so let's talk about some other examples lettuce and bean seedlings were both a really good trap crop for slugs and snails when i lived in utah they like to eat those rather than my broccoli or cabbage plants so can you think of vegetables and plants that you have had growing in your garden that were super attractive to certain pests because you can use trap crops to grow in rows by your other vegetables in the garden bed you can grow beds of trap crops nearby so if you've got let's say a bed of broccoli you could then grow a trap crop let's say lettuce um, in the bed right next to it to help lure away those slugs and snails from the broccoli um, you could also grow your trap crops around your veggies like a protective fence to kind of you know shield them in away from the pests or you can grow them in and around your veggies in the same bed kind of dotted in here and there especially if you don't grow your veggies in uniform rows right but you want to have the benefit of having a trap crop then you could interplant them and do it that way there's lots of different ways that you could use trap crops in your garden and i've done so many different ways um rows are obviously easier to take care of and it's a little easier especially if you've got family members who are not so um savvy with what plants are and you send them out to go harvest something and they end up picking the wrong thing sometimes having neatly labeled rows kind of helps but I like to have things a lot more freeform in my garden which drives my husband nuts because he doesn't always know what some of the crops are however today when we were out in the garden he spotted some um, plants growing 
in some of the raised beds that were there and he was able to distinguish lavender and sorrel so he's getting there um but obviously you want to be able to grow these plants in a manner that works for you right because that's what this podcast is all about is you know having you grow your garden the way that you want to to be able to have healthy nutritious food to grow and eat right so let's take our example of broccoli and lettuce again and how we might use those now i mentioned that i could have an entire bed of broccoli growing and then i could have an entire bed of lettuce growing nearby but i could also grow let's say two rows of lettuce and then a row of broccoli and then you know a couple of rows of lettuce again and then another row of broccoli if i wanted to do that or i could grow my broccoli plants and my lettuce right underneath that broccoli um, because the lettuce is going to help shade that soil out too so there's different ways that you can you know really maximize the harvest in the garden because of course you can you know harvest your lettuces as well as the broccoli a little bit later another way that we can use trap cropping is by using thyme to separate pesky bugs from your veggies kind of like how you can grow early mid or late season varieties of potatoes or corn right to avoid different problems certainly for potatoes um you can grow a early variety to try and get ahead of any blight problems for example or you could try growing a later variety to avoid you know uh, the colorado potato beetle for example and you can try and use time to kind of escape where those higher levels of pests are going to be in your garden but you could also use them to really like certainly with a trap crop you can use them to um attract the pests early and then get them out of the way so by that i mean you can sow your trap crop a couple of weeks ahead of when you were planning to grow your main crop so you'd sow out your trap crop let it grow a bit and then pull that all out of the garden bed hopefully along with the pests and you're going to knock down the amount of pests that are in that space um, certainly for those of you that have chickens and things this is obviously like a great time for them because you're probably going to be able to give you know whatever it was that you were growing as a trap crop to them along with you know the added snack of the pest in there too so the, there's different ways that you can use this and for trap cropping um you know you're really going to be using a sacrificial crop in this case right you're you're growing something there that is going to be something that the bugs are going to decimate rather than your main planting right your main crop your most valuable crop right because that's the one that you're going to want to harvest so in utah um i would usually lose my first two sowings of beans and peas they would almost always be destroyed by sow bugs slugs and snails sometimes the peas would be destroyed by the birds too but it was mostly sow bugs slugs and snails so what i would do is i would sow really cheap bean or pea seeds that i picked up from the store like packets that would cost like a buck a buck 50 right so i wasn't spending a ton of money doing this but after losing 
you know, precious heirloom seeds that I had, you know, only a a couple, you know, maybe five bean seeds or something of a particular variety, right? These are ones that had been carefully, you know, seed saved by somebody and I'd acquired them through a seed swap. So, you know, th those were a lot more valuable, right, to be growing out. And I didn't want them to be eaten by the bugs so I would sow out these cheaper seeds that I bought I would let them sprout attract those bugs right they would come in the slugs and snails and you know the sow bugs are like oh hey she's brought you know done this all you can eat buffet again you know come on lads let's uh I'll meet you down at the um the bean bar right and um they would feast on all of these newly sprouted um, beans or peas that were there and then you know I was like okay great now I've got all these bugs that are out here destroying everything right I don't want them to main you know keep in that bed because whenever I plant the beans and seed you know peas going in right those seeds they're just going to eat those so I paired that with trapping them and I would trap them by putting out half a grapefruit shell um, that I'd had for breakfast. So, you know, when you like cut a grapefruit in half and then you just kind of eat half of the grapefruit, right? You've still got that whole kind of shell there. Well, I would put that out in the garden and leave it overnight. And then in the morning, you know, pop it over, turn it upside down, have a look. And there would be cell bugs in there, slugs, snails. So I would just kind of you know, pop those into the chicken coop when I had chickens or, you know, you can drown them in soapy water if you want. Um, but after doing that for about a week, so putting out the, um, the grapefruit or, you know, even orange, like half an orange, um, that works too. Um, but putting that out where these plants had, you know, beans and peas had been sown, um, I would knock down that pest population in that garden bed quite considerably um, and then I was able to actually sow my heirloom seeds and they were able to grow without being bothered by the pests. Sure I could just try to use the grapefruit or citrus peels on their own to trap those pests and lure them away but I found in my garden that growing these you know cheap beans or pea seeds that I had was a much better attractant and I had much better success in doing it that way um so that's that's just a little trick that found you know that I found worked in my garden it might not work in your garden but you know what have you got to lose if you give it a try um so if you've got some seeds of i don't know some beans or peas or something maybe it's a variety that you weren't overly fond of um you know that's one way to use it in the garden and even if the bugs didn't eat it all um you know if it's something that i didn't really want growing um i would just pull it out and pop it into the compost um or feed it to the chickens so nothing was really wasted in the garden by by doing that but certainly you know if you've been you know part of a seed swap or somebody's given you some seeds and it's not something that you really want or you know you've come across some that are pretty inexpensive in you know a garden center or um a plant nursery or whatever um that might be something that's worth trying now of course it works better for crops that are um quick to germinate and are quick to grow um it doesn't necessarily work with plants that take a longer time to germinate so things like carrots or 
um, parsnips, they take a lot longer to um, germinate. So this trick doesn't necessarily work, but for those fast growing crops, it definitely does. Um, you can also use thyme and trap cropping to deter pests from a garden bed before a more delicate crop is planted. So for example, you could plant wheat uh, a week before planting strawberry seedlings and the wheat is going to help protect the strawberries from wireworm. So if you're thinking about growing your own bread this year in your garden, um, congratulations, I'm also trying to do that this year as well. But if you're thinking about growing grains this year for bread, now you can add strawberries in the same space and grow your own jam too. It's a win-win. I don't see any problems with this. At least that's how I'm going to sell it to my husband. Um, he doesn't know that yet. So nobody tell him. Um, but trap cropping is a really good good way to use in combination with some of these other techniques that we've been talking about as we've been discussing integrated pest management and how to kind of apply some of those techniques in your garden here on the podcast. So if we're going to be using trap cropping, um, one of the other things we can do is to work it in combination with plants that help repel pests in the garden. So you're going to be kind of trapping them with you know a certain type of plant you can repel them with another type of plant so if you've got a particularly vulnerable crop you could try having you know a plant that's going to attract the pest on one side you could have plants that are going to repel the pest in another side and you know really kind of work to keep that pest away from your you know more delicate crop that needs a bit more TLC and protecting from some of the bugs that you have going on in your garden. So let's go through some examples that you can try in your garden. So if you've got Japanese beetles, which feast on quite the list of plants, um, if you've ever had the opportunity to look up more about Japanese beetle, like the, the list of what they eat is never ending um, but if you've got a problem with them in your garden you could try growing rosemary or having pots of rosemary scattered among your plants because the heavy scent of rosemary is um, meant to kind of help deter them um, from your garden um, if you've got problems with hornworms on your tomatoes or cabbage worms on your brassicas or how about colorado beetles around your potatoes then you might want to consider growing petunias Yep, petunias as in those pretty flowers that are often in containers and hanging baskets and I love them in containers and hanging baskets. I love petunias um, but they are super valuable in the vegetable garden too. You can't eat them of course um, but they help bring in the bees but they also help um, the bugs not eat your vegetables too. So if you're kind of on the fence about growing some flowers in your vegetable garden then you know maybe rethink about having petunias in there too. Um, garlic, onions, leeks, sage and uh, other flowering salvias help to deter aphids. So if you can try growing those closely to vegetables or herbs that tend to get attacked by aphids in your garden, then garlic, onions, leeks, sage and salvias are going to help keep those aphids at bay. So it's a lot nicer to have um, you know, plants growing without aphids and also then you don't have the problem with ants um, 
kind of you know milking the aphids for their honeydew as well um so that's a good one to try and um, particularly with the alliums so your garlic onions and leeks they're very heavily scented and that helps to deter pests from you know where these their favorite snack food items are because they can't see where they are because or smell where they are because the scent of the alliums is kind of overpowering um them and makes it difficult for them to find marigolds and tansy marigolds are super popular in um organic gardens and there's really good reason why um but marigolds and tansy are part of the tajits family and they help to um ward off nematodes and um particularly those in the soil so they're really great to grow near things like irish potatoes sweet potatoes even squash tomatoes and eggplant right Tansy is um, a clumping perennial plant and it spreads so it may not be ideal for growing directly in the garden bed but if you've got space to have like a permanent planting space then maybe look to having Tansy growing there or grow it in a container and you can move that container to where your veggies are growing and help kind of share the benefit of having Tansy growing. I had Tansy growing in Utah and it was it was quite lovely and we are often saw lots of beneficial insects kind of hanging around the tansy plant um because it was a great home for them um and also there was obviously food really close nearby in the garden um but marigolds are just as lovely and they're an annual so they will grow and come you know they won't come back the next year unless they accidentally self-seed in your garden um but marigolds are a great thing to have in the garden because they attract so many beneficial insects into your garden as well as helping deter some um pretty bad ones all right let's talk about striped bean weevils um because those are a pretty notorious pest for a number of you and um you can reduce those by growing cowpeas with sorghum or beans with corn um because if you've got types of corn that send up lots of kind of tillers um so they send up these kind of sprouts near the the bottom like extra stalks coming up um it kind of physically blocks um these weevils from getting to your peas um uh, beans and peas cow peas and beans oh my goodness um but it helps to kind of block them from getting access to them so if you have had a lot of problems with striped bean weevils then maybe try pairing those together um if leaf miners are a problem on your spinach your swiss chard or beets then try growing nasturtiums amongst them because nasturtiums are a great way to to kind of keep leaf miners at bay although leaf miners are not necessarily a problem they're kind of unsightly for a lot of people um and nasturtiums are a, one of those plants that have got lots of benefits in in growing i love nasturtiums i grow them quite quite a lot in the garden and um i'm really excited to try growing some different um different varieties of nasturtiums this year to see what will grow best here in Maine um, and lastly that I'm going to talk about today is Colorado beetles or ants um, so if either of those bugs are getting you down then try growing nepeta or catmint um, of course you might attract uh, the neighborhood cats to the garden um, but then the cats may also take care of any rodent problems that you have in the garden too um, so 
there's a few things that we can do to help deter some of these you know bad bugs from the garden and you know use you know what's already growing to help our garden grow better so i would love to hear from you what trap crops are you planning on growing in your garden and if you already have been using trap crops and taking notes in your garden what has been really successful for you i would love to know so let me know over in the facebook group until next week i hope your garden grows beautifully and i'll see you all next week